I'm Melissa Currens. And I'm Amy Yersted. And we welcome you to the 23rd episode of the What Would Alice Paul Do podcast. This show is about demystifying what it means to be a volunteer with the League of Women Voters today. In this episode, we are talking about passion, purpose, and people, and what that means in the League. And we have an activist tip to share. So last year, Melissa, we talked about books that we're reading because we like to give books for Christmas um, and holiday presents. And so uh, our last episode, I talked a little bit, I gave a teaser about something that I'm into right now, which are graphic novels. And uh, I never thought I would be the kind of person into graphic novels. Um, and I'm not talking about like Batman, Superman graphic novels, though. I, um, those are pretty cool, too. I have a friend, Russell, who's been telling me that a lot of those um, graphic novels actually have a lot of political and social mm. issues in it, yeah. which mm-hmm. didn't know. So he's been kind of edu- educating me on that. But I have been reading a bunch of other kind of graphic novels. So there's actually, there's a whole new, um, I don't know if it's new. I don't even know if I want to say that, but there's like Chinese American. So it's basically like that particular graphic novel is a um, someone's who is Chinese American and they kind of walk you through what it's like to be Chinese American with white people um, around and having to like balance this um, identity. There's also uh, John Lewis has with someone else. They have the March. And so that's a box set. And I have that, um, oh, wow. which is all amazing. Yeah. And I wasn't as, as uh, awesome as one of my friends. She actually went and got it signed by John Lewis, which I'm like, oh, my God, that's amazing. That is cool. I'm like so priceless, right. like truly priceless. I would take that one to the grave with me. <laughs> that's amazing. But my favorite one, I even got my husband and my kid, although I'm not sure it's probably <laughs> appropriate for my kid to read. But um, the Flintstones. So you're like, it sounds weird to have Flintstones comic and why I would like that. But actually, it's got so much political and social mm-hmm. uh, and economic stuff in that comic. And so there's um, two of them. Like, So they're graphic novels. They're not comics. They're graphic novels. And there's like a bunch of them in one book. And so you can you know, really sit down for a good hour or two and read one of the booklets. And it's just everything from like religion was in there to being too materialistic to gender roles, labor. It was, it it covered everything. It was amazing. And so that's a great one to read. And uh, probably my other favorite one, which I just found out that they're not recontinuing right now, which is like super depressing, is called Bitch Planet. And so basically, this one is if um, all the women who don't fit like the 1950s, like white, like gorgeous hair, thin, who are subservient to their husband and children, they ship those women off to another planet. And they basically live in like a almost kind of like a prison, like a detention center or something on a different planet. And they're all wearing like, like, prison garb and they're mostly women of color and what ends up happening is they take over that planet and like they take people down and it's uh it's gritty it's smart it's um it's an amazing graphic novel and they have two of them hopefully down the road they'll get a third because i'd really like to find out what kind of government they start and social structure and they have like a woman that was like in prison for a long time who used to be a leader for the resistance they had a prison but now she's they got her and she's escaped and now she's gonna hopefully lead again and so we'll see what happens yeah anyways they took a, a break on that one for a while but so bitch planet the Flintstones. There's one that's about Puerto Rico and all the money uh, is goes back to everyone who's trying to reestablish and um, get set back up. So there's amazing amount of graphic novels now. 
Are they like part of a series then? No, no, they're all they're all by themselves. They're complete. Um, different yeah. authors. There's anthologies. Like I just got one for because we have a ladies' night um, at my local comic book store, and so it was all of these. It's like 50 strong women or 50 extraordinary women from around the world, and so it's just a different story about you know each one about a different woman, and so it's like. Yeah, they're all just individual. Some of them are anthologies, like the Puerto Rico one. There's the Vegas one, and the money on that one, all the proceeds go to all the families, um, you know, who had experienced loss um, from the Vegas shooting. And, um, yeah, anyways, it's, I like I said, I never thought I would be a graphic novel person, but I tell you what, I am an addict now. <laughs> I love them. It's smart. They make you think. Um, they pull in the, the, our current stuff that's happening. They pull them into these, and then they have beautiful artwork. So I, if you're looking for a gift um, for someone special, graphic novels that have like social or historical or political um, connotations in it are fantastic. And it sounds like the it's like the um, the duality of the image and the story, like the words and the pictures, are probably what makes it. Like, you can really see the world or see the story come alive yeah and i think it just it's just um surprising like it's just surprising to see these graphic i mean who ever thought the flintstones would be cool um and who ever thought that they could turn that into political stuff but boy yeah they did <laughs> i got the jetsons too but the jetsons doesn't it's not as good so right. you can get it if you like that stuff but um, it's not amy recommended but, yeah nah well, even my husband read the Flint, uh, the Jetsons, and he was like, "Yeah, it's not so good." But the Flintstones is it's it's off the hook. So, how about you? What are you reading? Yeah. What what do you recommend? So, I just finished Brene Brown's most recent book called Dare to Lead, and she's a um, she calls herself a shame researcher, and she's pretty famous on she's done like famous TED Talk. Brene talks about how powerful vulnerability is in like our day to day lives. Courage you can't have courage without vulnerability. And, um, but this new book, The Dare to Lead, is talking about um, leaders and like organizations. So before, in our other books, it's really talking about the, the personal, the self. I have a new job where I'm leading a team. So it was really helpful for me um, to, to read Brene's book. And then it also is applying to my um, board service with the league. So I, I can see like the parallel. But I also read Sally Fields' like autobiography. It's called In oh. Pieces, and um, I'll just tell you like Burt Reynolds is a, was a dog. But, really? Yeah. But Ew. I but I love um, Sally Field because you know Norma Ray and so mm. big '80s movies is like what I grew up with. So I wanted to get all the dish uh, about Sally Field. Yeah. So like I just watched um, um, Smokey and the Bandit. <laughs> I've never seen it. It's like horrible. It's like the worst movie. And sh- and um, she like agrees. She thinks it's like the worst movie ever. It's so good. <laughs> I I can't even imagine watching some of those movies nowadays and. Like having, like, I feel like, you know, over the past, like, five or ten years, like, having a different perspective and, like, recognizing, like, the lack of certain, you know, the lack of people's voices in some of these movies and the stereotypes that are in there and, you know, how we've been socialized. And it's through some of these really shitty movies. (laughs) And so I don't, like, I remember my husband and I were watching, I can't remember what it was, but we were watching some sitcom. We used to love it. Uh, oh, The Office. We used to watch The Office, and we used to love The Office. And then we tried to go back and watch it again, 
and we're like, oh my god, this this comedy is awful. Right. Like they're it's like, like bullying and um, yeah, they yeah, say all like kinds of bad stuff, things. The, yeah. yeah, we were like, we can't watch this anymore. But yeah, those are um, two books that I've recently enjoyed, and I need to get more into like um, fiction. I think I don't. Yeah, I, I haven't read a lot of fiction lately. I do love it. Been, yeah, I um I had started a book. Like I, I'm in a book group and so every now and then when I actually am able to attend the book group meeting and I get to read one of the books that they selected and I'm like, I just keep like, wow, I get sucked into these books and um, up until probably like a year or two years ago, I never read fiction. I always read nonfiction and so um, it's bad when I read it because I don't want to leave. I don't want to move. I just want to read. Right now I'm reading The Change Room, which is very risque, so... I, that's all I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna say. There's some naughty stuff that happens, which is very enjoyable. <laughs> if you want to read that one, the change room. <laughs> well, I think I, I think I'll put that one on my list. But... There you go with the Flintstones. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, there's always more books, and we love sharing book suggestions with you. So let us know your book suggestions, or um, let us know if you read the books that we mentioned. We'd love to hear from you. Please let me know if you want. If you we need to start our own like online book group when it comes to these graphic novels i need someone to talk about (laughs) talk through some of the stuff i'm reading it's amazing i think we got a plan for the new year for our deeds not words segment we're talking about passion purpose and people so melissa i graduated from the virginia progressive leadership project i know it feels really cool actually and i have to say we cried a lot like it was um We learned so much about each other and about our work and had to dig deep about why we do the work that we do. And so, and like telling our personal stories um, over and over and over again to get, you know, really good and proficient at it. Now that we, I think, and what's great about this program is not only that we did it and we were able to see it through to the end because a lot of us were wondering if like it was it's hard it's really really hard and then you're wondering while you're in it like am I in the right spot and like me personally I was wondering like do I even deserve this (laughs) Um, because these people that I'm around are so amazing and so inspiring and uh, they sacrifice so much for their communities and so I just kept thinking like I I'm not worthy (laughs) Um, but we had our keynote speaker, his name is Kofi, and he um, he's a veteran like I am. And then he talked a lot about how he is the president of his local NAACP, NAACP chapter and how he infused all these new ideas and energy and really had like a very transformational journey in that chapter. And so it was really just inspiring to listen to his story um, and all the amazing work that he and the county of Fairfax have accomplished together when it comes to criminal justice reform. And so it, I don't know, like after listening to him and reflecting on all of the stories and my, uh, my new, all of my new friends, it's just, um, it was good. And we cried. So, and I good. saw your Facebook photos. Someone took a picture of everybody. Yeah. At the yeah. Podium. They even posted my video on there. And I, I, I don't know if everybody saw that because I think it was on the internal group. But I was like, it was so funny because I was nervous and I was sweating. And so I went up on the podium and I was like, whoa, it's hot in here. And I'm like airing out my armpits. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I probably should have done that. My story practice a few more times. <laughs> 
Oh, I mean, yeah, I missed that. I didn't get to see that. No. Yeah, I was like, I was trying to see if they could share it. I don't think they could. So maybe that's a good thing. I probably don't need to be like having that shown like 20 years from now when I want to run for office or something oh and waving out my pits in public. <laughs> I keep it real. That's for, for, right. that's for sure. <laughs> it's a real Amy here. Yes. It's, a, it's very authentic over in this area. <laughs> so yeah, I, after graduating from the our, um, the Virginia Progressive Leadership Project, one of the things we were asked to do um, in our debrief is we're asked to talk about what we're going to do from here on out. Like, what do we want to work on? Um, and I've been trying to figure that out. And we already have the podcast. And so this is something that we, like, I need to be more focused on. Um, I want to do that. And then also in my own local league, work more, um, trying to get us through this transformation Um you know, we have a vision when it comes to the National League. And so trying to just figure out how we're going to fit into that that bigger piece. And then, um, of course, like we've talked about many times here on the pod, Virginia, where which is where I live currently for the next six months until we move, going through the redistricting um, battle. And so uh, that's also the other thing. So, yeah. So anyways, um, but I wanted to, for our podcast, so kind of circling back around, is there was a few things that I learn from all of those trainings that I want to make sure that we make time to talk about it on the podcast. So I think what we'll do is we'll have a series of several of them. And so this first one, I'd like to, we're going to take time to talk about people, passion, and purpose. And so, and how those three things fit into our work and our organization. Um, But down the road, we'll talk about storytelling and we'll talk about building your kitchen cabinet, which that's something a lot for it really goes well for people who are running their own campaigns. So if they're running for political office, but I think that you could also do this if you're starting your own nonprofit, um, you're going to want to have people to come to. So we'll talk about what that kitchen cabinet is, who who you put in there. And then we'll also talk about some of the fundamentals of organizing uh, as well as fundraising. Yeah, so a lot to look forward to. I know. I'm excited. Yeah. I, um, I loved it. I mean, the, all the different trainings were really just... They're really great, but I think that uh, it'll people will have to take it. They'll have to really, I think, do the work workshops, like the hands-on stuff, because that's I think what made it really, you know, top-notch. If you don't have those hands-on, and then also doing your best to like bring new voices into the room and learning uh, and building bond and trust is also the other big component. That's what made our cohort so amazing. So. Um, that it that does take work so but um it's totally worth it do you feel like a better leader once i start leading yes <laughs> well you're i mean you're leading you're leading more than that you're yeah, already I, leading i think i have the tools now to be a better leader so i was already like you're saying i was leading but i think as i had said in my cohort um, group that I felt like I was leading kind of in the dark in some ways. Like we've just always been doing, I've been doing league work for 12 years and I just kind of do, or I've, you know, I've seen other people do, and then you just kind of like pick up their style and then just kind of run with it. But now that I've gone through this, I realize that one, I have my own style and two, that there's actually found, there's actually tools and foundational work already that we needed to learn that I think that we're always in the league. We're just always go, go, go. We don't have time to sit there and invest in ourselves and think about like what really is organizing? What are the, you know, the the nuts and bolts of organizing? And so this was a great opportunity to learn what that is so that now that I can share that out with more people. Uh-huh. So, yeah. yeah. Right in your ears, like 
go for a walk and you're going to learn the nuts and bolts of organizing. (laughs) So, but, uh, but going back to what we're going to talk about today, passion, purpose, and people, uh, why this topic now? I think that this topic, one, it's, you know, we're approaching holidays. So I think this is a good topic to kind of, you know, think about the heart, um, and love and people. But then I also want to think that the climate and politics can get really ugly. And a lot of what we do is online behind a screen and without deep human connection. And so I've noticed because of the schedules of my peers and advocacy, how we're all trying to limit our meetings to like the absolute minimum. We want people in and out and we're trying to respect their time. But at the same time, we don't have quality relationships and our meetings are lacking. They're almost empty in some sense. And so trying to, there has to be a balance between not wasting people's time and valuing it, but then also developing quality relationships um, so that people feel like they're connected to, you know, the person across the table. So um, I also noticed that a combination of reduced meetings and gathering time. So again, trying to like not waste people's times, that means we're also saying, okay, well, we'll only have one meeting a month or one meeting quarterly, but oftentimes we're you know, having all of that space between means that we're not, we're still not developing those relationships. And it really is just work at that point. So the lack of conversation between leaguers and the intense media and the climate, the political climate uh, leaves, it has left me personally feeling lost and sometimes empty, which is why I think when I went to this progressive leadership project that I felt full, like fulfilled. Um, And so taking that, I wanted to also make sure we have opportunity to talk about it today. And then I also wanted to say is that after graduating from the Progressive Leadership Project, that I saw someone in our, we have an internal group, and they said that the work that we as activists do is called heart work, which a light bulb went off. I was like, that's exactly what we do. It is heart work. Um, It's hard. Yeah, heart. Yes. Like the beating heart of our work. Um, And it's, so the work that we do is incredibly hard and most of the time we don't get paid for it. And the few that do get paid for don't get paid very much and their benefits probably suck. And so it's really stressful. It's emotionally exhausting and it requires an incredible amount of sacrifice, both our wallets, our family time, our friend time. We probably don't have too many hobbies because we're always doing this. Um, We don't have too much downtime. And so we're sacrificing a lot. And, And some people in the different movements are sacrificing even more. Some of my friends who are in the immigrants' rights group and the criminal justice group, I mean, that is really, um, there's a lot of sacrificing that's going on there. What I wanted to do is start with values. So, and thinking about when you're sitting among your group, what, what does, what really matters to you? Um, so what we did when I, our very first weekend for the Progressive Leadership Project, was that was the very first thing that we tackled was our values. And one of the exercises that they had us do was that they gave us these different colored index cards and each index card had a different value word on it. So it could be everything from like, you know, diversity to openness to creative, um, generous, integrity, those kinds of things, transparency. So all of these cards, and then you would go through and you'd pick up 20 cards that spoke to you. These are my values, these 20 values. And there, like I said, there was a lot of words. So you could, you know, you had a lot to choose from. And so I recommend if you have time in your organization, try this exercise and see what happens. 
So after each of the participants took their 20 values, then we were told, now you need to break that down and you could only have 10 values. So we had to automatically eliminate 10 of our values. And that's really, it doesn't, it sounds kind of easy, but it's not easy because you're like, well, I kind of was having like an internal struggle. Like, does that mean I'm let, like, if I take away kindness, does that mean I'm not as kind? Right. <laughs> um, so it was really interesting, to, like, just to like have this internal battle happening. And like, so it, really honing in. And yeah, like, it's a, it's yeah. A good exercise, yeah. Yep. So after you have your 10, you have to go back down, though. You're not done yet. So now you're going down to six. And so you're like, oh, my gosh. And then after that, uh, we came down to four. So four is where we left it off at. And so I'm still carrying around my four values. <laughs> and so um, so I think that's a really good thing for us to, as activists and just as human beings, to know what our values are. And so if you have the time to do it, I, I highly recommend um, honing down, like just like you said, honing on your values to find out what really makes you tick and what do you find really important. And I mentioned um, Brene Brown at the top of, of this podcast because Brene Brown's talking about values and like organizational values. So we'll put um, a link to like her. She has like worksheets for organizations to operationalize their values. In the book, the Dare to Lead book, she talks about how organizations can go, go through this process. But if um, you want to kind of see how she, um like have resources that maybe you could take to like an annual meeting or um, a board orientation or mm. um, maybe resetting for the new year. That could be a, a jumping off point. It could be something that leaders do um, at a board meeting, like yeah, trying to um, articulate their own personal values because you'll learn so much from each other. And Amy, you probably um, can attest to this, that if you have that values conversation, like you'll learn a lot about me and like I'll learn a lot about you and we'll learn a lot about each other that we don't get right. to have when we're um, having those short meetings, the in and out, focus only on work, not like learning about each other. Yep, I think so. And then I think it also is a really good bridge to finding out and understanding why it is that you come to this work. Why do you come like the League of Voters right now, like our focus is the democracy space. So what in your values keeps you coming to this work? And, and then it might even broaden, like maybe it's not just like you believe in integrity and that's a value of yours, but maybe in addition, you also are very people focused and like you need to have that socializing or maybe in the league, you find that you're, you're very creative and this is a wonderful creative outlet for you. Um, so I think it's also good to know what, you know, what kind of makes you tick um, and then the values that are deep inside your gut. So, um, so you could take that, what, what we did after we identified our four values is we went and put them on the wall and had them clustered. So then we could see everybody's values all up on the wall. And it was really interesting to see how different all of us are. Um, and it, I don't know, it was just, it was really, it was kind of like an awe moment. Like, wow, this is what, who we are as an, as a group. And so I think what you could do after that exercise is you could sit down as a group and then that's when you would have that conversation is, you know, why do these values matter to you? You know, when do you feel that you think that these values and the people you believe are true to these values? Um, just to kind of, you know, pull it all together and then, you know, talk about, you know, now why do we care? Why do we keep coming back? Um, and it probably has something to do with your internal motivation that's related to those values. Or maybe you think that the people are super cool and you want to be part of that in-group. And so all these are reasons that people initially join organizations. And so this goes back to how we first started out. The people, the pur purpose, and the passion. 
And, um, and there's a catch though, is that we can't just have one for too long. So while I'm all about this heart work, I, I would have to add a caveat in there and that we don't want it to be a club. So it can't just be like, I just love being with these people and we're not doing anything. Um, or I just love being with the people and we kind of do something, but there's no passion behind it. So I really think you do have to have this trifecta. We have to be purpose oriented. That's what makes us this incredible nonprofit, um, nonpartisan organization. We got to have these amazing people. And we have to make time to develop our relationships so that we know that we have this incredible bond and we can rely on each other. And it makes us want to keep coming back to do more of this really intense work. And we got to have the passion um, because that's what the fire that lights our ass that gets us really moving and gets more people wanting to come and makes us contagious. Mm-hmm. Um and so, for example, I love the mission to empower voters and defend democracy. And I personally believe that climate change is the biggest threat to the planet. So the League has me because of their purpose work. And many are passionate and the work is all heart. So it, it is meaningful, absolutely. And here's where it can get challenging is I don't stay with the League for the purpose and the passion. Those are two alone that they can be really exhausting and stressful, uh, especially when we think how politics works out. Um, and look, I'm in Virginia, so it gets really stressful here. Um, and you're in Ohio and Ohio gets super stressful. So it's, (laughs) and sometimes these things move at a snail's pace or sometimes they, like in Wisconsin, the, you know, they decide just to gut the governor's powers. And so we have to come to, sometimes we have to come back for the people. And so we are purpose driven. Um, we have passion, but we also have to remember that it, we come back for the people and the relationships and the people who support you and look out for one another. Um, I think we've talked, we definitely talked about it on the podcast before about a lot of people getting more act, um, active in politics. You know, after the 2016 election, they wanted to really get involved and, and change their community, but they might be newer activists. And I feel like now is a really critical time. You just want to keep your eyes and ears open for people who are newer, who might not realize that they need all three because they might be um, burning themselves out or yeah. not understanding um, like that you need all three of these or to even recharge their own batteries. And so we don't yep. want to lose people because we don't have this balance. You know, January 30th is, you know, the time in yep. league where people are um, have to renew by for, um, for many reasons. So it's probably on a lot of our minds. But I yep. think it's like if you think about it in these terms, it's like retaining volunteers and making sure that they're satisfied and happy and coming back is important. If you think about how we have been running nonstop since President Trump has come into office and a lot of the stuff that he's done um, with, you know, regard to the they had the sham integrity commission and, you know, what they're doing with the EPA and just a lot of stuff. There's a lot, you know, we have an all hearings. Yeah. Yeah. So all of this stuff, I feel like a lot of us have been running nonstop and it's been all purpose. Um, We have passion because we're angry as hell. um, And the purpose is we've been trying to do whatever we can to resist, um, you know, whether it's at the state or national level. But in that, I think resisting or in that purpose work, we've been, I think there's a tendency to forget that we, at the end of the day, do need to think about who we're doing this with and why. And so a lot of the times we're doing the what's, you know, what are we going to do next? Or we're going to do how, how are we going to do this? 
Um, but we're not thinking, why are we going to do this? And so I think it also, as an organization, our organization, especially like you said before, when you say we're having, um, you know, like say you're going to have your winter meeting and you're kind of checking in and, or pivoting and you're trying to have a new, a new beginning. This is a good time to say, what, why is our organization here? Why do we have a local league of women voters or a local indivisible or whatever organization that you're carrying? Why do you have that? Instead of thinking automatically to the, what do we do? Or instead of thinking, how do we do this? Um, we have to first think of why are we doing this? Why do we do this work? And then that'll lead you to the, the other how and the what. Um, but it all comes back to the values, thinking, you know, it is our values that have us doing this. This is why we believe it is so important. And then once you get to that point, then you can start branching out and thinking about, okay, now that we, we know that we believe this, we know that this is important, this is why we do this, um, this will also help you, I think, bring in more people because when you figure out what's really important to you, you're, I guarantee it's going to have to be, do something to do with expanding democracy or making the planet, you know, more livable for everyone. And that means there's probably a lot of people who are not sitting around your table that you need to be working with, um, and better understanding and empathizing with. And, and so I think that's also why this why question is critical, um, and going back to those values and then, realizing that there's probably a lot of relationships that still have to be made and um it starts it starts with that first jump we're going to be talking about annual giving because tis the season we did a fair number of episodes on fundraising uh, i think in like episode two or three so if you want to check those out and get more um deep dive into fundraising ideas that we share um please do that. We, uh, you know, it's just a good time. Um, you know, we're talking about the heart with the holiday season. It's a good time to just, uh, as a reminder for your annual appeal, um, to talk about these heart stories and connect people to the purpose that our organizations are here to do. So with the league, um, you know, we're all about empowering voters and defending democracy. So we want to um, tell people and let them um, be inspired by that message and invite them to give to the league because we got to support um, the work that we're doing, you know, the hows and the whats, but um, we also want to share our why with our community. And so um, the annual appeal or an annual giving season is a great time to do that. It's also a great time to give and a great time to reflect on those organizations and why you give. And um, yeah, I mean, I think it also comes back to like, why do you care about the league? Because democracy right now is is um, is hurting. It's It really, truly is hurting. And we need more people voting. We need more people who have access. And with states right now making the laws that they're making, um, fewer people are really struggling just to cast a ballot. And so it is the league there who's there who observe observing those elections. They're in the state capitals. Um, they're trying to go and register high school students. So they're doing amazing work. And, um, so just think, think about that hard work when you decide that you make that yearly donation this year. And I give to all three levels of the league. Um, so, 
If you're um, a league member or a league supporter, I encourage you to do that. And then um, I also like on Giving Tuesday because we um, recorded before Giving Tuesday. But mm-hmm. I don't know how many like $20 I gave to leagues all around the country because I was like, oh, yeah, my friend from that league is uh, fundraising for her um, her organization. I'll throw 20 bucks that way. So I have no idea what I donated. <laughs> oh probably gave You're her. adorable. But, you know, it's so... Um, like I love supporting leagues aren't that aren't just my own because I know the um, that's what's so awesome about this network of organizations. Like I trust that um, they're doing great great work, and if I was in their community, I would be right there. Yeah. Wow. Everybody hit up Melissa because she's gonna give your league twenty bucks. I'm a big sucker. <laughs> that's incredible. Well, by the end of the day, I was like, okay, fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you came out. Girl, you must be broke. <laughs> I am. It's going to be a sad season for my dog. <laughs> oh, poor Maggie. <laughs> no no uh, treats or toys for, for us. But uh. Someone needs to send Melissa's dog some treats <laughs> and she's spent it all on the league. <laughs> well, I'm sure she would approve. So it's she would. Of, she would. Of my uh, choices, but. Um, yeah, but it's important dog. to create that culture of philanthropy. That's what that's what we need in the um, activist community. This is Melissa Currens. And this is Amy Yersen. We ask, what would Alice Paul do? But it's more important what you're going to do. Ask yourself why you come to this heart work. What values motivate you to sacrifice for the cause and the people you care about? Then find your people and purpose and passion. Until next time. Well, that cool. that song like baby it's cold outside oh i hate that song the christmas song yeah. i know i was my kids and i were talking about this and it was like like and all the songs make it sound like he's an old dude and she's a young girl and she keeps saying i gotta go i need to go home right now and he's like oh no baby stay here with <laughs> just me. drink I'm more, more. Yeah. oh it's so gross it creeps me out every time i have to fast forward on pandora i'm like get off my freaking carousel yeah. like no and that you know like every like celebrity singer has sang that song like so it's just like (laughs) my pandora it comes on like every fifth song so it's like god right because there's like so many versions of it oh so gross so gross yeah mariah carey just let it go don't (laughs) just go home girl go home no means no